another episode of can you dig it a podcast by silver screen and roll an sb nation lakers community you can find us over at silverscreenandroll.com or on social at lakers sbn i of course am christian rebus and with me as he is every week is grant goldberg grant what do you got going on today man i i spent the day actually making some tamales with my with my mom she has Guatemalan roots, so we made some Guatemalan tamales, uh, 136 tamales. So I am <laughs> I am throwing up the tamales like, you know. How, how I, is that? Because I come from a, a Salvadorian family. How, how does that, the Guatemalan tamales differ from uh, like traditional Mexican tamales? Well, I, don't, I I think it's just like different style of leaf. I I'm really not the person to be asking. I'll I'll have my mom on the show. <laughs> She'll explain the differences, the intricacies. If I if I try to explain it, I'm gonna sound so white. I'm gonna sound <laughs> so out of place. So let's just talk about basketball, so I can so I can avoid sounding like even more of an idiot. Yeah, I I love to talk about tamales the whole show. I like me some tamales, but this is a Lakers podcast, and it wasn't a great uh, past few games for our boys. Um, they had a four-game road trip, the longest of their season so far, and they went one and three, most recently losing back-to-back games to the Brooklyn Nets and the Washington Wizards. Uh, granted, Brandon Ingram, Rajon Rondo, and JaVale McGee weren't available uh, for most of those games. In Ingram and Rondo's case, they weren't available at all. Uh, but I don't know if that excuses the type of effort they put forth in those games because, it, it, particularly the Wizards game, I mean, the they had like half of a roster. I mean, Sam Decker had to go off for a career night for the Wizards to pull that one out. Yeah, um, I, I've said this and I'll say it till the day I die. When Sam Decker is going off against you, you know, you have some core fundamental problems um when the wizards look as good as they do did against you you have some problems um i mean i guess i don't know because we've seen we've seen this team you know when wire to wire you know lead the whole time we've seen them you know have to fight back in the games it seems like the lakers always have a run in them but you see i mean you kind of even saw it in the houston game the Lakers, you know, kept it close. I mean, it was tied up at, what, 97? And then the Rockets just, you know, went bananas. Uh, but in that Wizards game, that run really never came. The The Wizards were just... I don't... I, I, I don't even think calling the Wizards better than the Lakers is fair to the Wizards. Uh, mm. it's, it's certainly generous for the Lakers in that game. It's just it's it's disappointing to see that kind of effort put forth. I know it's a long road trip. I know it's cross country, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you you kind of have to expect better from a team that's right in the middle of the playoff uh, race in in the West. And and luckily, you know that that stretch of games didn't affect their place in the standings. They're still the number four seed in the West. But as they've stayed, other teams have kind of caught up to them, and they're only a few games back of the eighth seed, if you can believe it. Um, but luckily, they're going to have a few healthy bodies back, or at least that's what 
um, you know, best case scenario, if everything goes well uh, between when this podcast is recording and they have practice on Thursday, uh, Brandon Ingram, Rajon Rondo, and JaVale McGee should be back at it when the when the Lakers play again on Friday against the Pelicans. Once they return, do you expect any changes to the rotation? Uh, do you think the starting lineup is going to go back to normal? Um, I think... I think there's a possibility that there are some some changes like Brandon Ingram not starting right away, uh, just because he's missed so much time. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's also hard to say that he's not going to be starting given his comments earlier in the season when he had to come back from a suspension. It's like I don't know, but I'm not coming off the bench. Someone's going to be coming <laughs> off the bench for me. But uh, and and you know, I think we won't see as much. Uh, keep Lonzo out there when LeBron's not in and and LeBron when Lonzo's not in we'll have a couple more playmakers that you know we can get Lonzo and LeBron some rest usually having Lonzo wins a winning formula for the Lakers but uh you don't want to run down your point guard who's only played 83 games uh like we'll mention in the in the conversation we have with Jacob Rude later on um but yeah so I I guess I guess it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of weird to see you know so much so much of an inflection of playmaking talent come into the game uh all at once with ingram and and rondo coming back and mcgee you know point point javel is something i'm trying to get behind but uh (laughs) yeah it's 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 definitely going to be uh it's it's gonna be tough for luke again to manage all the players and and manage the minutes and, and rotations again when the players come back uh, he's had to deal with a lot of injuries and, and new rosters. And I think we're going to see that, uh, like kind of what is Luke doing with this rotation talk that we've seen in the past. And I don't know if it's necessarily fair to Luke this time around in mm-hmm. advance, uh, because it, it's going to be tough to adjust with all those guys coming back. I completely agree. And I think that probably the player that will see their, their minutes dwindle the most is going to be Lance Stevenson because, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, particularly last game, was horrid. I mean, could not knock down an open three point shot to save his life. Uh, but he, I mean, overall, he's been pretty decent. Um, when, with, when Lance, or sorry, when Rondo comes back, I fully expect Rondo, KCP, and Hart to suck up all the minutes at the guard and, uh, and wing uh, position. So. I expect to see less Lance, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens when they get back. A lot less V too, unfortunately. Oh no! Don't say that. I didn't need to hear that. Well, I mean, like I I don't know. Like we I I, I saw him running around out there in the Brooklyn game. I'm like, yeah, when those guys when those guys come back, he's. Barely gonna see the floor, but uh, I'm I'm always happy with the effort I see Speed give out there. We are back, and we'd like to welcome to the show a very special guest. Uh, He is the co-site manager at Lonzo Wire, along with myself, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group, Mr. Jacob Brood. Jacob, buddy, how are you doing today? Are you are you excited about the way Lonzo Ball is playing? He's averaged, or he's put up double figures in the last three games, which 
you know, isn't going to get him any all-star votes. But it, if for, for Lonzo Ball, putting up double figures in several games consistently this season is like, you know, as good as you're going to get from him. First, I thought we agreed that you were going to introduce me as JBA Woj. <laughs> <laughs> and second, uh, see, you... see when when we say that, I don't know who I'd rather be, Woj or Shams. And I just don't want to be the JBA part, to be honest. <laughs> and we don't really have to be anymore because uh, that 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 league is dead for all we know. Because Lamelo Ball is back in high school and Leandro Ball is back at home, so. Um, uh, but and you say that Lonzo's not going to get any All Star votes. I'm going to be tweeting Lonzo Ball NBA vote every time he misses a layup, <laughs> so he's going to get lots of votes. I tweeted a uh, Jared Dudley NBA vote after the game the other day because he absolutely cooked Lonzo on a few possessions. Uh, but I mean, all jokes aside, Lonzo Ball uh, has had a pretty darn good road trip for the Lakers, even though the Lakers didn't have a particularly successful road trip average. 14 points per game on 48.9% shooting from the field and 34.6 shooting from behind the arc to go along with six rebounds, 6.3 assists, and 2.8 steals. Uh, those steals are obviously something we've seen from him all season, uh, but the scoring has not been there. And he had a season-high 23 points uh, against the Nets the other uh, the other day. And it, it's really been, you know, a, a good couple of outings for Lonzo. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it, it looks like he's starting to turn the corner? I mean, I think the big thing with Lonzo is always going to be his shot. Um, he's just really a different type of player when his shot's falling. Um, and that's how even from an offensive standpoint, he he becomes more engaged defensively as well um, whenever he's hitting threes, especially like that Nets game. Knocked down a couple in the first quarter. Um, really kind of... I think maybe the hottest shooting we've seen from him in the league. But when he gets that kind of confidence early, um, you can just see it bleed over into other aspects of his game. Um, But I think the other thing that's been important throughout the year has been uh, the way he's attacking the basket. Um, It's new. It's not something he's ever done really at any level, maybe in high school, but um, it – really opens up a lot of things for him. And more than anything, early in the year, the team struggled to kind of keep him engaged. Um, And this seems to be a way to kind of keep him involved in the offense and kind of engaged offensively is to get him moving toward the rim more and more. The the most interesting thing about Lonzo with me is, is that inside game because D- despite his funky shot, which you know nobody's a fan of, nobody likes lo- watching Lonzo Ball shoot the ball. Uh, hey man, speak for yourself. <laughs> you you enjoy watching Lonzo Ball do whatever he does from behind the three point line. Do you pray every time it leaves his hands? Because I do. <laughs> Look, man, I'm just saying it takes some bravery and courage, and uh, and no shame whatsoever. So it's it's admirable. And I'm inspired every time Lonzo Ball shoots a three. I, it's it's for that reason. And with that, with all that being said, I think I think he'll be like um, maybe not Draymond Green this year from behind the three point line, but I think he'll be like a respectable three point shooter, uh, somebody that guys don't want to leave open, like mid to high thirties. Yeah, exactly. Like 
like 30 like like what he's shooting what like what he shot over the past four games like 34.6 percent um that inside game though is gonna be the biggest thing for him because i don't think he'll ever have a mid-range game i don't think he'll ever have a post game because of that shot that shot limits him so much uh so him being able to bully guys with the muscle he pounded or the, the muscle he packed on uh this summer and you know, b- being able to take guys in the paint is a really big step for him. But for some reason, and I go back to this every time I talk about Lonzo, he he just can't make a layup. I mean, he makes he he makes it he makes a layup look like one of the hardest shots in the NBA to the point where it if Lonzo Ball and a few other players around the league are bad enough at layups, they should have a layup contest at the All-Star game. It's that bad. I mean, we saw him blow a wide-open layup against the Hornets the other day. I mean, like, I don't, like it reminds me of this guy I played pickup basketball with at the park. And he's running so fast and so out of control that when he throws up a layup, it's almost like he's in NBA street. And he throws it right off the backboard without touching the rim. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, like, and 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 no, that's that's one thing to like miss open layups, but like even like contested layups, some of them don't even get to the rim because he shows the ball too early and it gets blocked. So like the the problem is not just you know finishing when he's open when he has an open layup to attempt. It's also just like being able to score over people too. Like we've seen it. I, less than a handful of times that that time in the preseason where he kind of backed down clay thompson and kind of bodied him and i mm-hmm. think over this past road trip uh he had a, a layup where he finished through contact but it, it i mean the fact that i can name uh you know two <laughs> occasions specifically um that's not a good thing he i mean it all joking aside, I mean, it is just kind of a new thing for him. Like, you can tell he's just not used to having to finish through contact or having to slow down after going a million miles an hour to get to the rim. Um, he's such a weird player because he's, like, a lot of the things he's really good at are, like, instincts and feel for the game. Mm-hmm. And, like, things like this where we're sitting here – I mean, we're joking that he can't make a layup, and it just looks like he was never. It's almost like he was never taught how to shoot a layup. <laughs> yeah, because he was he was born with all those instincts, and he's just like, oh well, I guess this this can car- carry me as far as it will, and it got him well, drafted. Maybe, maybe he's not going for a layup, like he like we talk about his instincts and everything like that. <laughs> what if he's just trying to set up his teammates with like an unconventional pass <laughs> off the backboard or off the rim, like setting up tip dunks and everything? Like this the is the ultimate yeah. tim- team player we're talking about right now. <laughs> Are you suggesting he has a Mamba mentality and is going for the Kobe assist every time? <laughs> it's it's going to be called the Lonzo assist pretty soon. Um, I mean, I think just the fact that he's like willingly driving to the rim, even though he can't finish is a big thing i mean the the fact he didn't have an off season at all to really work on anything other than uh putting on muscle looking like the hulk um <laughs> it it really hurt him uh for obvious reasons um and we're kind of seeing it now and 
pre- like pretty much every way he's the same player he was last year. He just kind of has a better feel for the game, a better understanding of the NBA game. Um, I mean, I guess he's he's driving to the rim more, but it's not like he's converting at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that whole summer off really hurt him. Um, but he's still, what, 21 years old? Um, the fact he can be such an even with all these issues he has offensively, I I know we talked or you guys talked about. I mean, I agree. I think he's always going to be kind of a mid thirties, thirty percent shooter. But I also think he's also going to be a pretty streaky shooter, um, which we've seen. He started off really well early in the year, uh, was terrible for about a fifteen game stretch, and then this road trip after the Houston game, I guess. Um, Last three games, he's 45% from three. Um, I think that's just kind of the player you're going to get from him offensively. But the fact he can still be this weird offensively and be a a positive with his passing, his rebounding, his defense is uh, both a testament to how good he is and a testament to how weird of a prospect he is to evaluate. Yeah, I think I think no matter what, he'll always be a very impactful player. Uh, mostly positive, but uh, with all that said, I think I guess this brings me to my first question, just specifically about Lonzo. Uh, why is D'Angelo Russell better? <laughs> I just I know what I I I just thought of. I it was it was kind of a joke, like a little bit joking. Uh, but I was just I was just thinking of it to mess with everybody, but uh. You know, I think <laughs> Jesus Christ, Grant. Have you been talking to Anthony again? Is it We were talking about this. As a longtime Nets fan, uh, (laughs) let me just tell you that D'Angelo has hit many layups. I'd say, Um, I mean, just for the sake of our show and keeping the streak going, uh, I'm going to say Julius uh, Randle had all of them. We were talking about it off air, and somebody, I think it might have been either NBA on TNT or NBA on ESPN, uh, posed the question, who's better between D'Angelo Russell Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, Lonzo Ball. And I forget who the other player was. Oh, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah, because for me, the, the ranking was, well, Lonzo, was pretty simple to me. I mean, it like, he could just start dunking Julius, on people. Like, that. we've seen Kuz, him do that. Russell. Right. Like, that's Ingram, just be option number one. Like, and like I said, we're talking a, about it right off there, air, but the. The thing, I got a lot of heat for saying for putting Lonzo last, but Brandon Ingram can make a layup. I've seen Brandon Ingram make open layups, and for that reason alone, he's ahead in ahead in the in the rankings for me. And he has been. He has been. <laughs> uh. I mean, if we're talking of that list, like, right now, impact, 
like or like how good they are now. Like, yeah, I agree with Christian. Like that list is very easy to um to put together. I guess the only way it becomes interesting is if you're talking like long term, but then you have it, it's a it gets um, heated, I'm sure, at that point. But no, yeah, yeah I I agree. I I think I mean, and it also has to do with the fact that Randall and D'Lo have been in the league for multiple years more than Lonzo or Ingram. Um, but wait, yeah, wait. I, I I don't think it's a debate right now. It's crazy because um, I I just found this out the other day that Lonzo Ball, after that game against Brooklyn, has only played his 83rd game of his NBA career. He's played one game over a full NBA season. That's insane. He's almost played. I was surprised. He only played, yeah, 52 games last year. Uh, yeah. the, the big other big thing for him this year is, knock on wood, he's been healthy. Um, even with spraining his ankle a couple times, whether in practice or um, I think he did it once in a game. But either way... Um, the best ability is availability, they say. So that's been a the other big thing for him is just being on the court. Um, I mean, we saw last year how terrible they were without him, but that's because Tyler Ennis was the backup. But um, he does a lot of things for this team that aren't, even now, even with LeBron, even with Rondo, he does a lot of things that aren't replicable. Um, he's, a, he's still a huge piece of this team, but yeah. I think a lot of times it's, like you said, it's his 83rd game. He's barely played a season. Like, a lot of times we just need to pump the brakes. He's a 21-year-old who's a net positive on a playoff team right now, um, and especially on the defensive end. So those those players don't come very often. Um, so he's still – I'm still – I, I've loved what I've seen from him this year. I'm still thrilled by him, and I still think there's a, a big, bright future for him. I think it's a. I think the reason people—I uh, was going to say hate, but hate is a strong word. I think the reason people have a, a tough time dealing with Lonzo and watching him play is the fact that so many guys that were drafted after him have played so like well including Darren Fox, who going into the draft, it was like Lonzo or Fox. And there were talks leading up to the draft that Fox was the Lakers guy. And they ended up last minute changing uh, their minds about Lonzo after their visit with LeVar Ball, the big baller, who, uh, you know, if we look at his record, has never lost. So that was his first big W. Um, but in, in all seriousness, Darren Fox has looked so good this season as has, uh, you know, Jason Tatum taking a step back, a small step back, but still a very valuable player. Uh, of course, you have Donovan Mitchell. Um, just guys that, you know, you look back in hindsight, which is always the easiest time to look back um, and say, like, wow, the Lakers passed up on those guys for a guy, you know, who's still trying to figure it out. But I think it's been this, the scouting department's um, – you know, what with the lottery picks, I think with the exception of D'Angelo Russell, really, uh, with their lottery picks, they've really looked long-term. Like, we knew when Brandon Ingram came into the league, he wasn't going to be uh, somebody that can contribute to a contending team right away. Uh, when Lonzo came into the league, that shot was the biggest question mark with him. Uh, his body wasn't NBA-ready, and defensively, he still had work to do, or at least that's what we thought. So, 
Uh, it's it's definitely been a really interesting development, um, you know, for him, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him continue to develop. The only thing is, Lakers fans might not be able to get to see him develop in Los Angeles, uh, which brings me to my next question for you, Jacob. We've heard all these rumblings about the Lakers being interested uh, in making the Godfather offer for Anthony Davis this summer. Um, if they had to include Lonzo Ball in that trade, would you do it? Um, yeah, because Anthony Davis is <laughs> really good. Um, I I want to say that I Rondo. wouldn't include Lonzo and Ingram, but if it came down to it, I probably would. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James... Um, I mean, Anthony Davis was carrying, like, Solomon Hill, Etwan Moore, and... Like, Tim Frazier. Yeah, like, he carried those guys. I mean, I'll, with all due respect to Drew Holiday, he yeah. carried those guys to a to a playoff series. So, you give Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and, like, I mean, I assume... Yeah, yeah. I assume one of uh, Hart or Kuzma would probably still be around. I mean, those guys are already... So? I I mean, I assume they wouldn't tra- trade Kuzma, Hart, Ingram, and Lonzo for Anthony Davis. I don't Davis. know, man. I think they do whatever it takes to get it done. I mean, if you're doing that, you're not including draft picks, I guess. Um, That's true. So I, I guess it it's a preference of whether New Orleans wants to compete now or compete later. But, um, I mean, you still have role players around. But, yeah, if you, get Le- if you have the chance to get LeBron and Anthony Davis – I mean, it would it would suck to watch Alonzo in New Orleans, but um, yeah, I, you still do it. I mean, Anthony Davis is like a generational talent. There's there's the question too, and you know, this is not at all reflecting what I think of Lonzo Ball, but whether the Pelicans would want him. I mean, the Spurs when the Lakers were in talk for Kawhi Leonard, they didn't want any part of Lonzo Ball, and so that's the question of you know. Does New Orleans seek Lonzo? I mean, they have Drew Holiday, obviously, but, you know, too much point guard depth. I mean, that's not a bad thing. So, you know, I, I'm just I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, it's it's fine and dandy for us to have that conversation. But, you know, who knows if they even want him in the equation? I mean, in terms of I don't know if this would matter to New Orleans, but like Drew Holiday is a perfect guard to put next to him. Um yeah, because Aaron played. Aaron Holiday looked pretty damn good next to him. Well, and 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 there's, I mean, Rondo and and Holiday wreaked havoc against the Portland Trailblazers in the playoffs. And I mean, Absolutely. you put two defensive guards like that together. Uh, I mean, Drew's obviously the one's going to shoulder the load when it comes to scoring. Rondo's not going to fill it up like that. And, and and I mean, Lonzo isn't either. So you know, that'd be a really really fun pairing to see. I I know. I wanted the Lakers to go for Drew Holiday. I think it was either last or last couple off seasons yeah. ago. But uh, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And that's I, I guess what happened in New Orleans, and they brought him back. Anyways, this is not the Drew Holiday <laughs> portion of the show. This is the Lonzo Ball portion of the show. Is there a superstar player, Jacob, that you wouldn't include? Let's see, what's the best player that you wouldn't include Lonzo Ball in a trade for? Well, first, I mean, I knew, I kind of knew this. Do you guys realize how old 
Anthony Davis is? 25. He won't be 26 until March. Oh, my God. No way. That is absurd. Like, I knew he was young. Yeah, I've changed my mind. You trade you trade Ingram and Lonzo for <laughs> Anthony Davis, no question. Because, yeah, Jesus, that means Kuzma and Anthony Davis are only separated by two years, man. Kuzma is, yeah, a little over two years younger Jesus. than Anthony Davis. Um, <sighs> the player, I, uh, the best player I wouldn't trade Lonzo. I mean, I think I'm probably higher on Lonzo than a lot of people. Um, Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, it's, I don't know. I guess it depend, kind of depends on who's available. Like, I don't, I wouldn't include him for, like, Bradley Beal right now if he's actually available. Um, yeah, I don't think I would either. Yeah, I'm trying to think about. I was trying to pull up just a list of like the top scores or something. I mean, I'm would probably include him for Damian Lillard. As would I. I I also got uh, a lot of crap on Twitter because I said I'd trade Ingram and Lonzo for Lillard, and um, that was at the beginning of the season. I still stand by that take. Lillard's very good at basketball. Uh, prior to him being traded to the Celtics, I said that I would trade Ingram and Lonzo for Kyrie. Yeah. Um. So I mean that Dame Dame is probably as low as I or like anybody worse than Dame. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I think anybody less than Dame, I wouldn't trade him for. I. I'd have to look, though. I mean, I guess it depends on how we're kind of evaluating these players, too. But, yeah, like Dame, Kyrie, those type of guys, I would trade them for. But, I mean, you have to be a, a really, really good player for me to uh, to part with Lonzo. Just because he's so young, he's so good defensively already. Like, I just, yeah, I think he's going to be a, an impactful player for a long time. Um, and right now, if they're trying to build a contender, he's on a affordable deal, um, which the Lakers badly need as well. If you trade him for Dame or you trade him for something like that, um, suddenly you don't have all that money to, to work with to get a Durant or a Kawhi or something like that. Jacob, before we let you go, we have one more question for you. This is going to be a tough one. A few years ago, it might have not been as tough as it is now. But if you had to choose one Lakers sign as a free agent, uh, either now or this or next summer, would you pick Carmelo Anthony or Lamelo Ball? Which Mel are you taking? Um, as you said before we went live, they play roughly the same amount of defense. <laughs> um, I would take Lamelo. I Carmelo is. That's a rough watch. Like, he's aged so terribly because he just refuses to adapt in any way. Like, you better get used to it because come February, January, Carmelo Anthony will be a part of the Lakers. I'm willing to put my money down on that. I, I told people when, when that whole uh, Wizards, Phoenix, and Memphis like disaster was happening, I'm like, I'm going to laugh while I can. Because in a few months, the Lakers are going to sign Carmelo Anthony and the internet is going to be set ablaze and I'm going to have to defend that move or just hide hide in my mentions. Pray. 
A lot of a lot of fans wouldn't even do a straight zoo for Mello trade though. I put that poll on Twitter and and people would rather keep Zoo. Zoo bots like great guy, great kid. He's no. He, I watched that Brooklyn game. It was just like you still have the same problems like three years later. Like I think the minute like in a Reza or a Damari Carroll or someone's bought out, like Zoo's gone and we're gonna go get one of those guys. His 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 clock is ticking, I think. Absolutely. Well Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. Uh feel free to come back whenever you want. Uh, it was a joy talking to you and is is there anything you wanna shamelessly promote before you go? Shamelessly pr- promote. I mean come what Come read the scoops that JBA Woj and JBA Shams have for for Lonzo Wire. That's my shameless promotion. We've never lost over there. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Thank you. We will talk to you next time. So Christmas is just around the corner. We're less than a week away from Christmas. Have, have you done all your shopping? Is that is that all taken care of? I literally just finished today. Well, when we're recording it today, and so I have like a couple more things to wrap. But as far as that goes, I am all good. I'm just anticipating, um, you know, family time, present time, uh, and then Lakers Warriors at seven thirty. Yeah. It, it, I don't know if you saw the video today uh, of the little girl going around asking the Lakers what they want for Christmas, but I mean, Lonzo Coos and Hart said that really all they want is a win against the Warriors, and I think Lakers fans feel the same way. Um, but that's not all I want, and that's not all we want for the Lakers. So, Grant, if if you had one Christmas wish that could be granted um, pertaining to the Lakers, something you'd like to see... Um, post christmas come true what would it be no salary cap uh <laughs> no um i i'd say post christmas well, i'm not gonna keep it at one i'll i'll, I'll make it a two-parter uh <laughs> anthony davis and no lance stevenson on the roster. that's yeah that's a good i mean shoot if you put that on your list and that comes true i we know who to come back to mine also has Lance in it, but it would be a Lance Stevenson for Wayne Ellington trade. Yeah, uh, and that's if, far more realistic. <laughs> it's I, well, I don't know, man, because the I don't know if Miami has convinced themselves they're out of the playoff picture yet. I think Goran Dragic being out for the next two months kind of sobered them up, and um, they'll, they'll probably be more willing to trade Wayne Ellington. And uh, it shoot if he becomes available, and the Lakers offer like Lance in a second round pick. I oh man, I'd be so happy. I really really liked him when he was in L.A. Just a real good dude. Shoot the hell out of the ball. So that's yeah. my Christmas wish. Um, we're gonna end the show the same way we end the show every week with our predictions, and hopefully they go better than last week because both of us predicted the Lakers to go undefeated, and they did not. They, they really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they missed the so, mark. <laughs> we got, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Pelicans on Friday, Friday on Julius Randle's uh, first game back at Staples Center. If he gets anything, anything at all but a loud standing ovation or, you know, a warm reception from the fans at Staples Center, I will go there myself and boo 
each and every one of them individually in their face. That would be there. There, can you think of any reason why fans would boo Julius Randle? Um, I don't know. Maybe if he like dunked on LeBron and then the and then did the big balls <laughs> dance. But like that, that's the only thing I can think of. Like he did nothing wrong in Los Angeles. Like that dude worked so hard to get to where he is today, and for mm-hmm. the Lakers to be like. Nah, <laughs> like, come on, man. We we, gonna... we can't get we can't get too caught up in this. We can't not yeah. again. Not for not the again. what? Especially ninth not consecutive show. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not after D'Angelo Russell cooked the Lakers. I mean, that's a whole different conversation. But uh, again, we won't get into it. I don't have the energy for it. Um, and then we got the Grizzlies the next game, who the Lakers have had success with uh, this season and. The Grizzlies are another one of those teams that just won't go away in the Western Conference playoff race. They've slowed down a little bit, but um, you know, as long as they have Mike Conley and Mark Gasol on the floor, that's always going to be a tough one to pull out. Yeah, I mean, I I think it was uh, Matt Moore who said, you know, uh, uh, Conley and Gasol on the Grizzlies equals like at least forty wins. <laughs> every year yeah. like that's I, I it's just proven science at this point so i don't know i think the lakers can still go ahead and and you know keep it keep the ball rolling against the grizzlies yeah i i think they do go 2 and 0 to start during that stretch are, I mean, are you sure especially, <laughs> yeah especially especially if anthony davis isn't playing um which I think he, I, he. What did he do? He tweaked his ankle. No, uh, I think he's on Wednesday. Sick. Oh, okay. Well, let's hope so. I mean, but <laughs> no disrespect to Anthony Davis. Hope you're healthy and well. But you know, a little uh, upset stomach, diarrhea, so you can't play the game. I, I certainly wouldn't be upset. This is also a Pepto Bismol ad. <laughs> the, of course, the. Uh, the game we're all looking forward to is Lakers Warriors. LeBron's first regular season matchup with the Warriors since he left the Cavs. Uh, it's going to be an exciting one, and call me crazy because I am. Uh, but I I think they, if you know, they can get in the back into the rhythm of having a fully healthy roster. I think that's one they pull out, and I I say this because Brandon Ingram usually gets up to play against Kevin Durant. I mean, that's the one thing that's been consistent with him his entire career is he's he gets really excited to play Kevin Durant, and I think like his averages against the Warriors since he came into the league are 20 points per game every time he's played him. So that's what I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to. And, of course, LeBron's going to bring it every night. So uh, I think that's when they, they sneak away with. It, they they're due because they didn't get that traditional win against the Warriors last year. They got swept, although they took them to overtime twice. And so, yeah, if we're which thinking is, NHL yeah. rules, they get <laughs> they get some credit for that. But no, um, I don't know. It's it's a really tough one for me to pick because I do think that the this game can be really really competitive. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how Lonzo does on on Steph, especially. You know, given how he performed against D'Angelo and how he performed against John Wall, but uh, now I mean, he usually gets up to play the Warriors too. I think his shooting splits against the Warriors are much higher than they are against the rest of the league. 
and yeah. so he becomes a, a better Steph Curry than. No, I'm kidding. I don't <laughs> don't attack me for saying that. Uh, no, but he he gets up to play it. Uh, Ingram's always fun to watch against the Warriors, and you have LeBron. Um, and I think that you know, obviously the Warriors are the Warriors, and and any night they can just turn it on and, and flip the switch, uh, mm-hmm. blow teams out. But I think. I, I I'm I'm split on this game, and that's probably a little bit of some Lakers homerism on my side because the Lakers aren't playing well right now. We'll have to <laughs> reconvene after they play these next two games before this one. But I don't know, man. I, I can't. I honestly can't pick this game right now. If I had to lean one way, I'd just say the Warriors off of history. But mm-hmm. uh, I can definitely see a lot of scenarios where the Lakers come out with a win. Fun fact: last year. Lonzo Ball scored 24 points against the Warriors on 9 of 16 shooting from the field. Uh, and 24 points is just five short of his career high. So uh, he definitely does get up to play them. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Grant, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And I hope all of our listeners do too. If you like our podcast, uh, you know, f- go on iTunes, give us a rating, leave a review. Uh, and we're also available on spotify stitcher google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts uh as always we are very thankful for the listeners we have and uh we'll see you all next time hello i'm spencer hall from sb nation and i want to tell you about my new show it seems smart it seems smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another seem smart at the time those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain or i don't know maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a major league baseball park check it out and if you like it tell a friend i'm spencer hall don't do anything smart